still haven't closed a deal yet in your real estate business? Then you have found the right place. This is the Fearless Millionaire Podcast, where you can gain clarity, confidence, cash flow, and build your business the right way from the inside out. Here's your fearless leader, Nathan Amaral. Welcome back to another episode of the Fearless Millionaire Podcast, the number one source for real estate investors to gain more clarity, confidence, and cash flow. It's actually the only source that helps real estate investors do this business from the inside out. What do I mean? by doing this business from the inside out. That means you take care of the fears, the uncertainty, the mental fog. You actually do that first before you even make your first offer. See, what what I know and what I believe is that the real estate guru, let's say, industry has got it a little backwards. And they most of the time like lead with fear uh, and helping people to move them forward on a fear-based mentality. And I just don't believe that. And they believe sometimes that, you know, confuse, use confusion to get people to want more products and services and all that kind of stuff. But I believe that once people are clear, once people are focused and they know which direction they're going in, once they understand what market they're gonna be investing in, once they know the contracts they're gonna use, once they know how to make an offer and analyze a deal that they can confidently move forward. So we're not here to create confusion. We're not here to direct you in all different strategies and different directions. We're here to help you work on one of the most important things in everyone's mind, but more specifically, real estate investors' mind, and that is eliminating fear out of your life. Now, okay, I say eliminating fear. Let's just say management fear. Let's pretend you're like a a fear manager, okay? You have management of fear because at the end of the day, we know we can't eliminate it. Although we want to become fearless, we can actually only become fear. We can only become, we can only help ourselves to become uh, fear less, right? To fear less throughout the process. That's it. We can't eliminate fear. So we actually have to retrain our minds and retrain our habits in our life to uh, go into a scenario where we know we're going to feel the fear, but we have to face it anyway. And uh, that's actually a really great book, by the way. I can't remember who the author is. I'm sorry. But you can definitely go to Amazon and check it out. Type in feel the fear and do it anyway. I used to remember who the author is, but sometimes I just forget uh, who authors are, but I remember the titles and I can remember if I read them or not. So go check out that book. It's actually a really great book. Helps you identify how to manage the fear. So we do the same thing here, but for real estate investors, we help them uncover the fog. And what I've learned and discovered over the years is that real estate investors, as they're going on this journey and starting out, I mean, we're basically on the same page. We want freedom. We want the freedom to choose. Maybe you want to fire your boss or maybe you want to, you know, uh, set yourself free as in uh, for financially. You want to create financial freedom. Maybe you want to uh, boost up your retirement fund, whatever it may be for you. Maybe you want to travel internationally like I do. Maybe you want to be able just to say, you know what? I'm not into traveling, but man, I really want that really nice car or that I want to expand my house. Maybe I want to give back to charity, whatever it may be. But we here believe strongly that you are in control. And that's what we do. We give you the tools and the resources, the checklists and the the training to actually put yourself in that position so you can be in control and make those decisions that you need to do. So that is what this is all about. And today's topic is probably one of the, the worst things that happen to us on the daily basis. And that is the news in the media. Sometimes we just can't avoid it. Unfortunately, 
today in today's society, we can't afford avoid it. You know, years ago, I used to give uh, motivational talks and success talks around the country, and I'd be hired to speak different keynote sessions. And one of the things I would always bring up, and this is actually before the internet, you know, before we had like Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and all that stuff. Um, and when I would do a talk, um, I would talk about how, you know, we could reduce the media, turn off the television and don't read the newspapers and stuff like that. Because human nature, um, you know, the, the mass media focuses on negative news, right? Or fake news and spinned news to get people to read. It's, it's at the end of the day, it's a business. Yeah, journalism is a very unique thing. Yes, they want to inform people. They want people to make sure that they know uh, what's going on in the world and are up to date. But at the same time, to get people to read the information, to get people uh, to induce them, to gain interest, they actually have to create these really catchy headlines, these breaking news, right? All the time, all the time. And it's funny because there's actually a, even a, a running joke these days, even, even in, the, um, in the media that, you know, uh, CNN, for example, is always breaking news. It's like every segment they do, every, every 30 minutes or every hour, there's always breaking news. And that's what they try to do. They try to pull you in on a regular basis. Why? For money, for advertising, and I think we've seen over the years that that has like changed in a way. We've we've looked for truth in big companies and people are, have looked been looking for more truth within the media. That's why we've seen you know recently like fake news come out and being pushed around. We've also seen you know a cleanup of the way journalists are being held more accountable. Um, we've seen big companies like Google and Facebook try to moderate. Um, even Apple to moderate the um, you know the publishing world and who is publishing this these material uh, and, and what's going out into the world. So although that's happening, I would say there's like a a scrubbing going on. Uh, you know, it still seeps through, and it seeps through even into the real estate investing world. You know, I'm just I, I literally this is what I did, and I don't do this often, but I went to Google and I typed in market news. And I just pulled up the most recent news. Most of it's from like CNBC. Then we got the Telegram, we got Vox, we got Forbes, New York Times, right? So there's a lot that has been going on, but more recently in the real estate news, where see or in the market. Let me just say the market news. What we because that's more popular. Remember that most people are more familiar with the market. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, index funds, gold, silver. Like most people are familiar with that because there's not a big learning curve for that unless you become a day trader, right? Unless you have interest and you get really into it and um, and you really just start like learning and studying about it because it's something of interest to you um, or you want to increase your wealth. So people really get into the market that way. However, the real estate market focuses on a, on a different wavelength. It's almost like a different pulse. Okay. So what most people hear is the market when they hear that they're they're hearing the stocks, bonds, mutual funds because what most people do is they go to their you know they they go to the uh, they graduate from school they go to their job and they hear about four hundred one k or uh, traditional IRAs and IRAs are the you know predominantly ones that are marketed and sold in the in the in the, in the workplace in the, uh, in the marketplace and what ends up happening is most people just kind of pass over their money and that's actually a lot easier to do by the way right it's a lot easier for someone who works a full time job to just have a money manager pass over their funds to someone else and let, hey, you do it. You're gonna promise me X number of returns, X percentage. 
then you do it, right? That's so much easier, right? And then in real estate, we have maybe for high net worth, net worth individuals, we have people who say, oh, turnkey real estate? Absolutely, go ahead. Uh, real estate investment trust? Sure, here's my money, right? That's that's like the easy road. What There's a, there's a harder road, right? Which is not as easy, because if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. The harder road is where you become a more knowledgeable investor and you have more management involved. You have more knowledge to gain and actually you make more decisions and that's where you make more money. You know, the really cool thing about what we've seen over the, I'm gonna call it Uberization of investing. You know, years ago, I remember opening up my first, um, let me just double check if the company, I think the company is still active. It's called First Trade. I'm actually checking it out right now. Should be firsttrade.com. Should be there. I remember opening up my first, yeah, it is, look at that. Gosh, it's been so long. So I remember opening up my first uh, trading account and it was with firsttrade.com, First Trade Securities. It's actually a company where, oh, they just got a mobile app. They got the Android and iOS app. Wow, after all these years, amazing. When it, this was actually, um, this is actually a company that has a heavy presence, presence from uh, China and, um, and, uh, and Japan. Uh, is actually one of the first country. Uh, it was the first one of the first security companies that I um, that I started trading with and investing with, and uh, because I just knew what was happening over in the East, in China and Japan, and the growth that Asia has um, that a lot of people don't know about, or they they hear about it but they're not familiar with it. They're not really paying attention to it because it's foreign. It's foreign to them, not only foreign in location but foreign in mindset, <laughs> even foreign in language barrier. Right. So there's so much. There's so much like foreignness to it, but I, I've always been really interested and tapped into um, Asia and uh, the growth that they have. Anyway, so when I first opened up my trading account um, and investing, that is actually who I used. And uh, the unique thing is, is that, you know, at the time, uh, like I said, markets weren't as uh, markets weren't as up and down as, as, as they used to be. So the thing is that, um, we, we're, we're a lot more aware these days of what's going on. And before you used to have like a broker, you used to talk to a wealth manager, all that kind of stuff. And yes, don't get me wrong, that's still available. However, like we're seeing today with, um, with, with the power of Uberization, that's what I call it, of the, 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 the stocks, bonds, mutual funds, the securities world, right? So we're seeing the Uberization. What do I mean by that? We're seeing companies like Acorns and Stash and wealth management, uh, wealth uh, was it Stash? Sorry, there's a few, uh, there's Betterment, right? There's all these companies coming out which put the power of investing into the investor's hands through the mobile app. And they've computerized or uh, they've AI'd, artificial intelligence um, boosted the industry. So now this, what, what does this do for the industry? Well, now we're cutting out commissions where we don't need brokers so much. Um, you know, it's just created a whole nother world of investments, which is a really great, by the way, because I've always believed that people should be actively investing and put it on automation. You know, years ago, I remember, again, speaking all over the world and, and, and traveling and, and, and telling people this, that they should be actively or automatically investing. And that wasn't so easy years ago. Even myself, I remember I'd have to manually write a check and deposit it, send it in the mail to First Trade Securities or Putnam Funds or whoever the broker was. And I have to manually do that check. And that was like, it was, like, it was a hassle, you know, I have to get that check out there. So I didn't really like that approach. And over the years uh, with these apps, it just makes it so much easier. And I can't tell you the last time I wrote a check 
was probably for the you know the U.S. government basically for you know tax purposes or whatever. Um, but uh, very rare do I write a check for securities at at all. Um, everything's automatic, and and a few of those apps that I mentioned earlier are some of those apps that you can use now. Um, and, and again, the, what I'm what I'm getting at here is the the uberization of the securities industry has made it so much easier hasn't really happened so much in the real estate arena but i believe it's coming i think we're seeing a lot of good transitions happen um, in the real estate arena and i think it's just going to grow more and more and more and this is this is great we need it to happen um we need to uh, uberize the real estate investing industry. And, and we're seeing that more and more with a lot of different uh, sectors. We're seeing that with the lending side, we're seeing that with the purchase side, we're seeing that with the selling side. And, um, and I think that's great. I think we're probably still about three, uh, maybe three years away um, from some bigger changes uh, because I think the real estate tends to go a little bit slower than the, the market and the securities. And, and, and then I think that we're gonna see that in the next three years. And so going back to the news and the trends and what's changing, I'm seeing a lot of the news in the media keep talking about the market, it's gonna crash and the market cycle and the bubble's gonna burst, right? We're really, I know in the real estate world, we're kind of holding on to the historical you know, trend, which is on average anywhere between 10 to 12 years is when the real estate market corrects itself. Well, we're right in the middle of that 10 to 12 years and here we are looking for that next curve, right? Like what's gonna happen? What's, what's about to take place? And so that's, I think, what a lot of people are waiting for. And, you know, one of the things I want you to be aware of, because as this is going on, right, and we're all waiting for that to happen. And, okay, let, let's just take a sidestep for a second. Here's what I believe is going to happen, okay? What I believe is going to happen, now I'm not saying this is like, hey, this is what's going to push everything into a correction or recession. What I think, and I, don't, I personally don't think a recession is going to happen again right now, maybe a market correction, Maybe, uh, but the you know the governments have a lot of of uh, pull in that, <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. But I think what's going to happen is what's already happened over in the East, right? Again, going back to you know China, Japan, you know about five years ago, I was already studying and seeing actually implemented negative interest rates, and when I started talking about it, people were like, "What are you crazy? What do, what do you mean negative interest rates? Like what does that what what does that do? Like what what does that do? you know how does that work? And what happens and and why would that impact us? Why would that come over to us? Well, here's here's what happens. I'm just going to give you the like the summary version, okay? Negative interest rates means when everything goes from pluses to negatives. So, if you were saving money in a bank account at let's just say hypothetically 1%, imagine it going to negative 1%. So, what does that mean? If you had $100,000 in a bank account and it's earning you 1% interest, and it, then now it goes to a negative interest rate, negative 1%, what does that mean? Instead of the bank giving you money every month for your $100,000 in your 1% interest, now they're taking money out of your bank account, not including any bank fees, right? So now the bank is taking money out. So what happens? What do you do? That means every time you put money in and in, in your savings or your checking account, the, the banks are now taking more money from you. So what does that encourage you to do? I mean, I want you to think about that for a second. Imagine if that was a real thing. It's, a, it's actually a very real thing for a lot of people. But what, was it, what, what would that be if it was happening to you right now? Well, that's what I predict is coming out in the very near future. We're gonna see negative interest rates over in the West, and we're gonna see the US, Canada, South America, we're gonna see the, them start to experience negative interest rates. Now, if you were in that position, what would you do? 
right? By the way, I would love for you to comment on the podcast. Send me a message. You can send a message through us through our Anchor podcast. You could actually send in a voice message. I'd love to, you could do that. I could uh, you know, respond to you that way. Um, or you could throw it up on our Facebook page or shoot us an email, whatever. I'd love to know what you would do if you... Um, had a negative interest rate in your bank account, how would you, what would you feel and what would you do? So that would encourage, why does this happen? It encourages people to pull their money out of savings. Okay. Now, why is this timely, right? Like this is Nathan's like, you know, uh, you know, uh, market prophecy. Okay. Because what we've seen after the biggest recession that we, well, I think it was one of the biggest recessions. I think 1929 was a big recession in the United States. It was a big one. You know, a lot of people lost, but I think compared to what we just went through about 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, that was even bigger because there was more assets, more volume and money and all that kind of stuff. So I think it was a bigger hit. Now, because of that, what happened to a lot of people losing their jobs, what happened is a lot of people got into saving mode. Okay, they got into saving mode, paying down debt. They didn't want to, they wanted to be in a better position because they got a big hit. So what that means is there's a lot of money in savings accounts, right? And the government's trying to do one of two things, get people to buy more real estate and also you know, spend their money, right? Get the money out into the marketplace, get it flowing. And the way to do that even faster is you can create negative interest rates. So if people are not buying houses, at the lowest historic rates in history, right? For the longest period of time, we're still hovering around anywhere between three and 4%. If that's not happening, then they will encourage people to move their money out of their accounts through uh, negative interest rates, okay? And this just drives more money into the market. Now, I don't know what's gonna happen after that. I mean, basically what I see um, my prediction in regards to real estate, not so much the markets, but for real estate, is I think more and more people are gonna get involved in real estate investing holdings, whether they're a passive investor or an active investor. I think it's gonna happen multi, I think they're both gonna increase. So I think we're gonna see more people investing in real estate, but I also think more people are gonna be passively investing in real estate, such as being lenders or being involved in a REIT or in some kind of way that they are gonna be more passively just using an app to invest in as a real estate holding. Now, what this does for the world, from my opinion, I think we're just gonna see a really big growth and skyrocket in construction and in real estate accommodation around the world. And I really mean that, around the world. So if you were investing, for example, if you're an active investor or a passive investor in the United States, you'll able to you'll be able to invest in India with just a few clicks. You'll be able to invest in, um, in Nigeria. You'll be able to invest in the Congo. You'll be able to invest in maybe a new city that's being built in China, right? All with a few clicks. And this gives you the opportunity based on numbers and growth, it gives you the opportunity to invest internationally. It's gonna become more ease of use and access. Money's gonna flow all over the place. And, um, and listen, I, I don't see this as a bad thing. I think this is a very positive thing. I know there's a lot of talk about blockchain coming into the picture and I'm not gonna to touch on that too much because it is a new technology and not the right topic for that right now. But I, there's a lot gonna be a lot of new changes that are gonna happen and it's very productive. And so the reason why I share this with you is to give you a perspective of hope and opportunity. There's a lot of media out there that's gonna tell you the market's crashing and this is going on and that's happening and watch out for this and look at that. Listen, that's what they do. 
That's maybe why you turn into podcasts instead of the radio. That's maybe why you listen into this podcast instead of turning on the television, right? Maybe you're turning into our trainings because you know it's not about living into the fear system. It's about living into the fearless system. Does that make sense? You follow me? Because if you, if you soak in constantly what they're pushing to you, you're actually gonna end up believing it. It's, it's amazing, it's just, it's amazing how the human mind works. And you know, I, there's a quote, and I don't quote me on it, but I go something like this, that it, it's, it's if you tell a lie often enough, eventually enough people are gonna believe it. But eventually people just start believing it because it's just a lie repeated multiple times. People start speculating, thinking about it, and all of a sudden it can become very real to people. And uh, that's very true. It's just like the placebo effect in health or in anything else, in the placebo effect. People start believing that it's true, right? And so that's a very real thing for humans and uh, it's something we can't avoid. But the most important thing for you is to identify and be very aware of what you're putting into your mind and into your brain. Because if you put negative in, negative is only gonna come out. If you put positive in, positive is only gonna come out. If you've never read the book by Norman Vincent Peale, look at me, I just told you earlier, I said I'm not very good with authors, but I'll never forget this one. Norman Vincent Peale, he was actually, um, he, he had a church in New York and he was actually the pastor uh, for uh, President Trump, which is really interesting. Um, and actually, when I, when I started, when I worked for the Trump uh, organization a number of years ago, I didn't know that at first. And actually, when I heard about it, I didn't know who Norman Vincent Peale was. But I worked for the Trump organization. And I heard like, who's this pastor? Norman Vincent Peale, who's that guy? Well, he wrote that book. Um, oh, I just forgot. Oh, The Power of Positive Thinking. <laughs> yeah, he wrote The Power of Positive Thinking. If you have never listened to that book, I highly recommend you listen to it. It is very, very powerful. Um, and that one of those, it was one of those books, those classic books that changed my life. And it was also to say, you know what, the perspective, like seriously, there's so much negative in the world when we talk about negative news and what's happening in the market and the things that could go bad. You're right. All those things can be bad. And yes, there could be a recession and there could be a correction, of course. But if you are an active real estate investor, or maybe you're just getting started, here's the thing. You make money, the best money in real estate investing on the buy. So if the market is correcting itself and it's going down, hallelujah, <laughs> it's a great thing. That means you're gonna get stuff cheap. That's when you know luxury cars and luxury homes and when people bought really high in the market, that's when it goes the other way around, they have to sell. That's when the sale is happening. That's when the clearance is happening. But if you buy when the market's hot, on retail, when every when it's in high demand, like think about that. When the market is in demand, when housing is in demand, you're only buying at the highest price. When properties are being overbid on, when someone, let's say, puts an offer in at 100,000, is just an example for numbers. When someone puts in an offer for 100,000, but then someone else comes and bids 105, and then someone else comes and bids at 110, and so on and so forth. That means there is a very hot market, high demand. And why would you wanna get into a bidding war? You're not gonna win in real estate investing that way. You're not gonna win. You're just overpaying for things. And some people do it out of ego. Some people do it out of demand. Some people unfortunately have to do it out of location for jobs and all that kind of stuff. But when the market gets pushed in that direction, let me tell you, it is not gonna be easy for you to get into the real estate business because you make money on the buy. It's what you pay for it. That's where your money's made. It's how you pay for the property. 
So you've probably heard me say this time and time again, don't buy retail. I just, I'm against buying retail. I'm not the one, I'll tell you up front, I am not the first one, uh, the first real estate investor to go talk to an agent and say, hey, I'm looking to buy something, this is what I'm looking to buy, I'm not. I know there's so many other ways to buy real estate. You can work directly with motivated sellers. You could work directly with banks. You can work directly with attorneys, which is my favorite. Um, so there's so many different avenues that you can acquire real estate without going retail, but you have to know the ways. And if you don't know the ways or you're looking to learn the ways, then you need to tap into the trainings that we have at Fearless Millionaire. It's simple as that, where we can show you step-by-step, step, get you through the process of how to invest and get started in real estate. So with that being said, watch what you put into your mind, watch what you put into your, 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 your spirit, watch what you put into your soul about this negative news that's happening uh, in the market. You have to stay positive and stay focused in regards to your real estate business and always be making offers. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Fearless Millionaire Podcast. Like the show? Let us know by liking and sharing. Be sure to check out our website at fearless-millionaire.com for more clarity, confidence, and cash flow.